This is 10 Minutes of Science, a Women in Ophthalmology initiative supported by Johnson & Johnson. We have invited ophthalmologists who are leaders in their field to discuss a journal article of their choice. My name is Robin Troutbeck. I'd like to introduce Dr. Madeline Adams. She is a comprehensive ophthalmologist. She has a PhD from the University of Melbourne for her research into AMD and holds a senior lecturer position at the University of Queensland. She is a visiting ophthalmologist at the Sunshine Coast University Hospital and Rockhampton Hospital. Welcome, Madeline. Hi, Robin. How are you? Not too bad. Could you begin by telling us the name of your article and why you chose it? Sure. So I chose the article named Associations Between Anterior Segment Parameters and Rotational Stability of a Plate Haptic Toric Intraocular Lens. So I chose this because, one, I felt that it was something uh, that everybody could relate to in that most ophthalmologists in Australia perform cataract surgery and most of us use toric lenses. And in the world, Australia has a very high usage of toric lenses. We have access to the lower power uh, torics, like T2s, which the US don't have so much of. Um, and many of us will have experienced uh, IOL rotation uh, after surgery and have had to realign the patient, uh, patient's axis. So um, this paper was actually also recently featured uh, in, as an editorial in the November JCRS. So I figured it was a paper that a lot of people would probably have read. And then the other thing is, when I, so I read the editorial, I looked at the abstract, yes. and it all seemed quite straightforward. Um, and then I actually read the paper in a bit more detail. And that process made me reflect on how often um, we, or maybe I should say me, or I, uh, might just glance at an editorial or an abstract and not really interrogate the data. Um, yes. And so that we should be careful because, you know, these impressions may inform our practice or, or, or even our teaching. So are you implying that the editorial gave you one idea of what the paper was about than actually reading the paper? You had a different, you, you, your opinion changed? Yeah, I mean, of course, look, I don't want to be completely critical of other people's work. And I think it's great that people publish um, their data. It's really important uh, for science and ophthalmology. But I, I actually don't think uh, that the data they presented uh, supports the conclusions that they made, which okay. is pretty strong. Yeah. I, I could talk through that if you like. Yeah. Shall we start off? Why don't you tell us about the, the design of the study? So what was the study about or how did they conduct it? So it was a retrospective case series, uh, 102 eyes of 102 patients. So I'm assuming you know, one eye of each patient. Um, to, and they were evaluating the associations, look, looking at different um, measurements of the anterior segment and how they correlated with uh, the rotation of the toric lens after surgery. So they measured axial length, and this group had actually previously looked at axial length and hadn't found a correlation, um, and also anterior chamber depth, lens thickness, and white-to-white -white measurements. And then they combined uh, the lens thickness and the anterior chamber depth to create uh, anterior segment length. So they were measuring. And mm -hmm. then their outcomes, the, well, the main outcome, really, the focus of this paper is, is simply the IOL uh, rotation. And they measured that at an OPD3 um, with retro illumination, looking at the axis of the lens. And they, they also did comment that they recorded residual astigmatism and visual acuity, but that there isn't much emphasis placed on mm -hmm. that. And yeah. so I guess, like, simply put, they're really looking at those 
uh, measurements and the outcome of rotation to see which of them might have a correlation. Yes. So they divided the participants into two groups, those who had a rotation of um, less than five degrees, uh, which was group A, Mm -hmm. 62 of those, and those that rotated um, more than five degrees. and they pre- so they presented the uh, means of the values of those anterior segment parameters, and they, it seems yes. they looked for. A, they, it seems like they presented the means, looked for a difference, then looked to see if there was a, a p value showing what, uh, from a t test comparing um, yes. means. Uh, and they also so those, those that had what they thought was a significant difference, they then plotted uh, the so that was white to white. Uh, and yes. anterior segment length against the degree of rotation on a scatter plot okay. and presented the Pearson coefficients for those. And then because they said that that showed a positive correlation, they also went on to perform uh, a linear regression. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with those... This is with the white to white, white yeah. the, the, the white to white with the degree of rotation. Yeah, and anterior segment length with the degree of rotation. Yes, So from that, they made the conclusion that plate haptic, because it, it was only in plate haptic toric lenses, yes. uh, rotate more in eyes with larger white-to-white distances and longer ASLs. Um, okay. Or uh, toric IOL implantation should be performed with caution in eyes with these characteristics. Uh, and in fact, so that's from their abstract conclusion, but yes. the conclusion in the paper is a little bit stronger even. Um, it's saying uh, this partly explains the occurrence of large rotations of plate haptic toric IOLs and should allow the individual rotation risk to be evaluated uh, during the process of surgical planning and provide information for preoperative communication. But I don't really think that it did, actually. Did it give, so, you, give us any idea of what value, what white-to-white value you could use before you consider that, that it's more likely, the lens is more likely to rotate? Did they give us a number? Well, I... I it, not really. Okay. <laughs> so, so first of all, so so they looked in that first bit when they're comparing anterior segment um, parameters in the two groups. Yes. Um, so there's a few things. So the first thing which kind of caught my eye was that yeah. um, they used a, a, the mean as a summary statistic for all of this uh, and then the standard deviations. But then you looked at some of the ranges and I would have been surprised that if they were normally distributed. So, for instance, axial length, the range was 21.7 yes. to 34.6. With a uh, mean of 26 or something. Yeah, yeah which, which is quite high. And also which is very high, higher than what we would find in our population, but maybe not in a Chinese no, but I but I think that they they would have had a positively skewed distribution. Like okay. the thirty four six would have you know would have been an outlier. So okay, okay. In that sense, I mean, so that was just and that's a really minor thing. It gets worse. Yes. Right? Um, and so <laughs> then I, then I went back and looked. I thought, well, it, it doesn't say anywhere that they have checked for normal distributions. So, you know, bear in mind, I'm not from all just not a statistician, but I was thinking, well, so how useful is it that they're comparing the means? Yes. Uh, and then also the statistical tests they use, so t-tests and linear regression, um, make the assumption that there's a normal distribution of the data, which which I don't think that there is. And there's, there's certainly um, no indication that they that they checked that. Yes. Um, and then if you look at so table two, when they're comparing um, the, the means of the groups, like the, the mean anterior segment length in the two groups is pretty similar. It's like 7.58 and 7.7. And the standard deviation is 0.3. I was thinking, well, that's not that wouldn't really make me think, oh, there's a yeah. you know, difference between those two groups. So just eyeballing it, never mind looking at a p-value. Yes. But then I think it gets really interesting if you look at 
figure two. So that's when they're plotting. And so, so I think the reason they plotted those two is because those are the ones that looked like there was possibly what they would call a statistically significant difference. Um, so they plot the white Dwight on the ASL on the mm -hmm. x-axis against the degree of rotation on the y-axis. But if you yep. look at that figure and you remove that line or try and not see that line, would you say that there's yeah. any correlation at all? Because yeah. I don't think that there is. Yeah, yeah. And then... <laughs> And then they then they then they report a Pearson's coefficient. So a Pearson's coefficient is just uh, describing how closely the dots on that scatter plot align to that line. Yeah. And so you know, so one is obviously you know perfect positive correlation, and, and minus one would be a perfect inverse correlation. So all of the dots would be on the line, right? Yeah. Um, and zero would be no correlation at all. And so their correlations, which they uh, present, uh, are 0.25 and 0.2, which is actually a negligible positive correlation yeah yep. and so having a p-value for a negligible correlation doesn't really necessarily mean that it's even you know it's clinically significant and possibly it's not even statistically significant given the issue with the possible you know the yes. non-normal distribution so i actually feel like figure two like if, if you got rid of that line and, and said yes. right that's the results from your data how are you going to inform you know your next group of yes. patients whether or not they've got a risk of rotation yes I, I don't think that you would use either of those parameters parameters okay and and it they, they only went back and rotated patients that had a rotation more than 15 degrees which which is quite a lot yeah um, and so but if we, there's only two patients that are like that so if we look at that how many <laughs> had rotation of more than or 15 degrees or more okay so, so there's so, two, yeah. and, and their white-to-white -white distances were, were reading it from the graph because it, it's not yes. explicit, but it looks like they were about 11.5 and 11.7. So that means that the first one, well, that's lower than the mean. Correct. Sample. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting, isn't it? So their, their theory didn't actually hold true when you looked at the, the people who had the most rotation. And, and the same for um, anterior segment length. So okay. one was 7.5, which is again below the average of the mean, and 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 the other is is 8.4, which is quite high. But that's so only one of the things was high in one of the high rotators, if you see what I mean. So that wouldn't yeah. if I had to go and tell my next patient based on this data what their chances were, I would I I wouldn't be relying on this at this point, I think. Yeah. So that would be so what would your take-home message be from this paper? So there's a, a faint suggestion of a possible trend, yes. <laughs> which would need to be validated in much bigger studies. Uh, yes. And I really don't think that they can, uh, I don't think we can infer what they have done. And I don't think, uh, yeah, that really it, at this point that it adds much more, apart from the fact that maybe maybe we should all look at it in our, in our, in our own patients and see if we can find any yes. form of correlation. I think the reason as well is that when I first read it, and read the editorial and read the abstract. I thought, well, it makes sense because all of us have seen yeah. those, you know, those really big eyes and the lens yes. to spin yes. around. And you think, oh, that makes sense. But just because Correct. anecdotally it makes sense, it, I don't think it's supported by their data at all. So we're yet to we're yet to still find this information out, Madeline, by the sound of things. <laughs> More studies. <laughs> More studies. Uh, thank you very much for coming along today, Madeline. That that was really informative. Thanks so much for having me. Enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us today on 10 Minutes of Science. See you next time.